Yep. Awesome. So we're here. How are you? Excellent. Great to be here. Uh, thanks so much, Mel, for inviting me to your wonderful Calm Healing um, group, Facebook group. No, it's been awesome. So the way you've been received, I know that, yeah, a few people have loved it. So it's good to have your expertise. I mean, I know working with you myself, it's been awesome to have you in there. And um, it's nice to, to be back in your office, I guess, as close as I can be at the moment to see you in your office. <laughs> it's um, yeah, good, great, it's, great to uh, have this synergy. I mean, I, I treated you as a patient a while back, um, mm. but, but I, I think we had a chat more recently and realized it was tantra and um, Reiki and life coaching, and I had no idea you were doing all that. So, you know, they're all dear areas to, my, to me as well. So I thought, wow, you know, meeting someone like you on the Central Coast, wow, what a gold mine. <laughs> and the same and I had no idea when I was booking in with you as well that you were into tantra had been to ashrams and done all this cool spiritual healing yourself so it was um yeah it was really awesome to find someone like you I, I, I purposely hid all, hid all that behind a conservative you know allied health yeah. front, um to touch yeah. my background which we'll go into was very esoteric um, mm. And then I thought, wow, you know, I've got to get touch more people rather than just buy the converted for the converted, and that's what got me into the chiro osteo. Yeah, well, it's a good lead-in, I guess. People come to you for pain, and then you give them that, you know, help them with that, but then you help them with all this other stuff as well. So, well, it depends where they're at because it's very, very, I'm very vibrational and very much into uh, feeling into people and whether they give me permission, not verbal permission, but energetic permission. Um, yeah. Some people just naturally open and what I love is quite often there's a really intuitive charge that comes through me which I have you know have a great respect for it's not me it's coming from somewhere else and so mm -hmm. when that happens it's really obvious and so there's this whole opening in me in response to the person so all this insight comes out only yeah. because energetically they give me the permission but most people because I'm a chiropractor osteopath but most people um come in just for you know ug ug cave caveman cave woman Ugh, neck yeah. pain, ugh, ugh. Not, not V for victory, but two visits. <laughs> <laughs> two visits. Yeah. And then I'm going to play the, what I call the human pinball game where they just bounce around from one practitioner to another trying to get the magic two visits. And that's really comprising yeah. part of my practice. And that's, that's really, I guess, why we're chatting that I'm, I don't fit that mold. Yeah, no. So who's Jerry? Uh, what makes Jerry Jerry and I guess what do you do? Yeah, look, you know, it's very interesting because, uh, you know, I come from a very interesting background. My mother got into um, yoga and meditation when I was 13. So originally oh, nice. at 13 I was reading Autobiography of the Yogi, um, wow. Science of Breath by Joseph Welling, uh, Fleming, um, and Ramasharakas. A lot of these, you know, really got introduced to all that uh at 13 and then my met my guru indian guru at 19 in melbourne i was fortunate enough to be living in uh melbourne in the 70s and that was the most remarkable time the 70s i mean when you look at people like uh reggie ray pima chodra and these are american giants of tibetan buddhism they all met their teacher chogyam trumpa rinpoche in about 1970 so it was around the early 70s to mid 70s in australia and america 
uh, was an exceptional time. So fortunately, I was a teenager in that time in Melbourne. So originally, a lot of my friends uh, and, you know, my surroundings were with all Sri Chinmoy. Um, gee, there's a whole list. Prabhupada, uh, Bhaktivedanta, Prabhupada founded the Hare Krishnas. They all had their centres in Melbourne in the 70s. Um, goes on and on. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Uh, this just and of course my teacher was Muktananda, um, Guru Maharaji. They're all just around the corner where I was living. So there's an extraordinary time to be to be living. And then um, so that was probably the pivotal point in my life. Up until then, I was just eating junk food, um, going to pubs with my mates, and very dis disenchanted with my life, quite frankly. Uh, and then met this extraordinary guy. Back then, it was obviously 1974 pre. Uh, computers obviously and that was just he would come out from India and do these incredible um, uh, complete packed house uh, town halls in the various suburbs in Melbourne which is extraordinary now when you think of it because that was pre-social media you wonder that was just the, through the grapevine yeah. um, and he'd only been to Australia once before four years earlier so word must have got out uh, and I'll, ne that, I'll never forget that I still get a, a buzz thinking about it when you have that the, the true authentic chanting uh, with an incredibly mm -hmm. insightful Indian teacher who had 25 years wandering around India and so then didn't come out the West till he was in his 60s. So that really pivoted my whole life. It was never the same. I literally mm -hmm. gave up on my junk food, got into vegetarian, what's called suffix diet, um, got into all the Indian chanting and within a year I was in, in India um, staying at his ashram and also the ashram of Ramana Maharshi in Tiruvannamalai just south of back then it was Madras now Chennai um, and then uh, I went back two times after that um, when I was 20, 21, 22 so that, that really impacted my life to the extent that I'm here today because of that because uh, in 1978 there was an American guy called Nala Raj who was a uh, teacher at the Polarity Health Institute um, at that stage it was Mount Shasta in North California they moved it to San Juan Islands um, just south of Canadian border Pacific Northwest just north of Seattle and a year later um, I was there because of Nala Raj. It was the first time I was 23 and experienced this chakra balancing, was just life transforming. And literally a year later, I, was, I did the training at his institute. Wow. And that, that introduced me to the body work. That was 1979, 41 years ago now. Um, and that really put me on the path that I am now. So it's literally a four decade um, path based on my time in India. Wow. Wow. So it's, it seems to happen really fast, like from when you first, like you were reading the books and stuff that you, you know, your mum got you onto. But would you say it sort of happened really fast from the first, I guess, external experience outside the home to actually travelling to India? Um, yeah, well, I think, yeah, I was, I was lucky because, you know, my father was supporting me financially so I could go over to India a number of times. So I didn't have any reservation that way. So it, at 19, there was a whole community of um, Muktananda's de devotees in Melbourne. And they kept going forward and back to, to when he was in America and in India. So it was an obvious step. But really what took me to India the first time was uh, as a teenager, I would have been about 18. 
um, 17, 18, and I was reading um, the Ramesh, uh, Ramakrishna and his, and his disciples by, I think it was by Christopher Isherwood. Um, and then also I got introduced to Ramana Maharshi, who was a remarkable, remarkable story. I mean, that's truly remarkable. Um, he was in Turubanamalai, so I was reading his books that I had this incredible instant resonation reading Ramana that this is pure gold. Like there was a, such a mm. uh, direct lineage through his books. And I experienced, experienced that also with um, Eckhart Tolle reading his books. There was a, mm. there was a sensing inner knowing that this guy's coming from source. And also Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, I encourage all of my listeners to read that book because that took Yogananda about five years to write. Um, mm. And his energy is absolutely imbued in those pages. So you get experience Beautiful. in far, far more than just the book. So that's yes. what took me to India primarily to go to Ramana Maharshi's ashram. Um, mm. And I was hoping to stay there for some months, but after 10 days they said, sorry, we don't, we don't cater for Westerners here. <laughs> oh. uh, wow. I'm in India now, where else to go but um, Muktananda's ashram. And at that stage, he was in, 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 uh, in America. So it was a very skeleton staff, very uh, austere, just a few Westerners up at 3 a.m., mm. a bit of chapati and milk for breakfast, you know, six hours chanting on marble floors. Uh, mm. very, very austere. Um, what an experience. But that, that's... That's what introduced me to the potency of which in, impacts me literally to this day on the importance, which I suggest to all the listeners for a one take home is the regularity of practice. There's nothing like it. The build up mm. of doing regularity, regularity of practice in one location. Cause I was sitting yeah. in his ashram, um, you know, for instance, the 2 PM chant, I'll never forget this. And I'd get there a little bit early and you'd wait, for literally the 2 p.m. chime of the clock and then the Sanskrit chant would start and you knew that had been going on 365 days of the year mm. for, who knows, 10, 15 yeah. years in, yeah, the, wow. so in that one area. And the build-up was uh, extraordinary. So that really pivoted my point of life around, look, the importance of uh, regular practice based on that, wow. that, you know, that experience. Wow. So from all that experience that you just spoke about and I guess bringing that into what you do, into your chiropractor, osteo, moving with longevity into your work with your clients, what's your why? Like what makes you, I guess, channel all this work into helping somebody? What's your purpose? Uh, in one word, transformation. Um, and so that's the enormous challenge that I have because um, I have what's called a message to market mismatch. So I, you know, I'm realizing years later um, that the using the label osteopathy and chiropractic, the global surveys is um, ug ug, neck pain, mm, yeah. two visits, and that that's the concept of it. And I haven't been able to switch that in 30 years practice. So mm. that's why I'm now having the label moving for longevity and targeting 55 to 65 year olds, because I'm, you know, 64 now myself. Um, so I'm wanting to target specifically people that are feeling the edge 
that they're coming up to 60s or just turned 60s and feeling like, wow, I'm starting to feel the effects of aging. Um, the reality is my youth is behind me. I really want to make my future decades the most productive. And that's yeah. really based professionally on seeing a lot of people in their 70s coming, even late 60s, unfortunately, coming in that have, haven't exercised. Because my specialty is movement, breath, and you know, being a yogi, yoga teacher for 36 years. So it's um, my whole thing is to make sure people don't get to that stage. So that, that's my mission, my why. Yeah, okay. It's a very passionate saying. Look, you know, we've, we've got to make sure people don't end up um, what I call Beatles, which is you know my 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 time here. I was brought up with the Beatles, but the uh, this is not singing Beatles. If you see beetles on their back, when they get on their back, they spin yeah. around and can't flip over. <laughs> well, I get these people coming in on my table. They can't yeah. get down and they certainly can't get off, can't get up. And they, you mm. know, uh, Jerry, can you um, give me a lift? They give me <laughs> so, to someone sitting at home resonating with this, would you say it's not too late? Look, it, it's, uh, it's never too late as long as you're breathing. Um, and I'm a massive follower of Deepak Chopra and, uh, and, and also latest psychoneuroimmunology, which is the power of, you know, what the emotions, neurotransmitters and the way they get picked up on neuroreceptors sites on every cell in the body. So there's this incredible mm. evidence-based proven now, Candace Pert was an ex extraordinary lady who proved all this, you know, probably 30 years ago now. Um, so it's never too late, um, metaphysically. However, um, having said that, um, you know, I'd, I, my passion is to get people in that age group, like mid to late fifties, who feel the urgency, feel it's time, um, and work with them to make sure they don't end up like that. Because you can, you can improve people, but wow, it's incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult. Yeah. Really okay. is. I mean, I'm I'm very multi-dimensional by personality but it's like the analogy i use is like bringing in a maserati a ferrari uh, a lamborghini a rolls royce like a, which is our bodies and you come into a car mechanic i'm just a spinal body mechanic and you come into a car mechanic hasn't been serviced for 20 years and you have a quick look spark plugs are plugged with carbon the air air filter fuel filter oil filter all clogged up and it's backfiring and people bah, 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 bang, bah, bah, bang, driving their cars in, in, mm. into your garage and say, look, uh, can you tune me up? Well, hang on, it's yeah. not that easy. We've got to actually do a whole resurfacing. Well, it's the same with the body. So um, my whole thing dating back to my time in Muktananda's ashram, Ganeshpuri, outside of Mumbai, um, is, you know, the regular practice through your whole life. Um, and if you have... Let it go, then that's okay. But you know, you don't want to leave it till your seventies. You really don't. Yeah, yeah. Come back to it. Mm. Yeah. So what's what's been Jerry's biggest lesson in life? Well, look on on an emotional uh, level. Look, I you know you, you can talk um, left brain um, conceptual, you know, left brain analytical, but I always look at the emotional side and probably the main, main pivotal point in my life, which has put me on the path for my fascination with Tantra and, you know, you're into that as well, mm. was um, my mother, back in the 50s, it was a different era. I mean, obviously, respectfully, you wouldn't even know, but uh, you talk to guys of my vintage, it's when women stayed at home and men were owned 
men owned their, 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 their wives um, through yeah. financial control. And that was, that was, I was brought up in that era. And so my mother was very unhappy in that, in that um, tight mold. Um, and so literally when I was 13, that was probably about 66, 67, 67, I think. She literally said, back then I was called Gerald, tap on the head, Gerald, darling, you're old enough to look after yourself. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm off to England. Oh, wow. and I'm, I'm taking your younger brother and sister. And I was very close to her. And uh, I got all my interest in healing and osteopathy and everything from her. You know, and I'm wow. in, in the spiritual path because of her, not my father. She got into spirituality, got me into it. She got me going to osteopaths at eight years of age. She got me going to, into yoga when wow. I was 10. Um, and so she said, Gerald, darling, um, you know, and you, you, you're going off to boarding school. Um, and that was the end of my family life. So that really um, wow. was shattering to say the least. Like, you know, like talk about, a, you know, a heart wound that, I, you know, mm. I, I might take on it as you never recover from that. It's just how I adapt, adapt mm. to it. So that whole thing put me on to well, what is women, how to, cause she was not appreciated. My father and three, two brothers, three, four males, my two mm. brothers, myself, and my father, and she was never acknowledged her femininity or, you know, I knew that as, as a, like a 10 year old. So it put me on a path to, you know, what is the feminine? What is the masculine? You know, what are women's needs like? Cause it, it mm. put me on a whole healing journey as you can imagine of um, abandonment, rejection, mm. um, you know, literally hating it for 10 years, literally. Um, and mm. obviously not having relationships during my teens because of it. Um, but it wasn't until I went to the Polarity Institute, which I've got to thank my mother for going to Muktananda, then going to Ganeshpuri, meeting Nala Raj, then going to the Polarity Institute. And this is, this is a most remarkable guy, which I, in fact, it's disrespectful to call him a guy. He was a remarkable man. You really want to, all your listeners, Google uh, Dr. Randolph Stone, um, who was an, a chiropractor, an acupuncturist, um, but also a devotee of Charon's, now, of the great master. Um, now, the great master comes from a lineage of Radhaswami Satsang Beas, is a city in the Punjab. And uh, it's a it's a it's a Radha Swami path, which is the path of the Nam, the sound. Um, and so Randolph Stone was a devotee of the great master, and so a deeply deeply uh, spiritual man. Um, and so uh, I I, uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the Polarity Institute, which was uh, set up by a number of his students that studied with him. He was already in his 80s and had retired by the time I went to the States in 79. He was in the California, probably mid-70s. He'd been running his own private practice for about 30 odd years in Chicago. Um, but he had an incredible insight of uh, the yin and the yang, the, the masculine, the feminine, and, how, and the chakras, and how it all relates into the body. And that put me on a total path of that holistic body work. Um, Beautiful. So that's that's really uh, introduced me to the yin, the yin and the yang, um, mm. and then the other two big mentors 
around that, which we had a discussion before, was David Deirdre, D-E-I-D-A. Mm. So I recommend the listeners Google David Deirdre, D-E-I-D-A. Now, he's a well, master of um, creating relationships. He talks about three stage relationships, mm. codependency, yeah. and then the 50-50, and, the, and then the uh, third stage. So this is not the place to go into David Deirdre, right, right? But I yeah. was fortunate enough to do a lot of training with him 20 years ago now, uh, 2000. Uh, and that was another pivotal point in my life. He was an extraordinary guy on the understanding of the, um, uh, the shadow, the light and the dark, um, and really being extremely transparent with people coming out. I and mean, we was in um, Byron Bay, Mullumbimby, so he had a very, very unique client base there, participants that were very open mm -hmm. anyway. And so you had men and women under David's supervision, really exposing themselves and what their needs were and a lot of practice around men being present and conscious for women and women being in their love and radiance. Mm. Uh, one, that was remarkable stuff. Um, awesome. So what a gift. Like I, I guess I asked you what the lesson was, but I always like to, when there's a lesson, it's what's the gift in that? What's the blessing? Well, look, you know. Um, and it's like you've been put onto such a, a beautiful path from that. Well, I'm starting the obvious. You know, the most learning comes from the most suffering. Uh, and I've found with my own personal mm. development uh, and psychotherapy I've done is that when you're, when a person like myself is at the point of um, humility, has suffered enough, is in bent knees mm. and starts crying out, that's when the opening happens. Mm. Um, and I was probably at that stage at 2000, I would have been uh, 45, I think. Um, and I realized for a number of years that, look, my life isn't working. How is it that a guy like me can be so into yoga, have gone to India four times, had hung out with some ecstatic beings and been in their Mahasamadhi shrines and sacred sites, and my life clearly wasn't working. And I was really perplexed by that. And then I went to David's, David Deirdre's um, 10 day, and he's a, a, a gentleman that really embodies um, the masculine, the feminine, the chakras. You, you've got to experience him. You get an inkling in his audio, but uh, being with him physically is extraordinary. So I would go through a whole energy buzzes and fuses and energy, major energetic shifts being in his presence, showing you the potency of what he was like. Uh, he talked about the Shiva and Shakti scales, about the, um, the love and light, and all the grades down to uh, the killer, the rage, the, ap the absolute killer. And my whole spine and body just fused. I said, ah, now I know. <laughs> you know, I've just been awesome. in India with this, you know, love, love. And yeah. I, could feel, I could feel the, um, you know, all, all, all the, see, there was just such disparity between what Booked and Nanda would teach and what went on in the ashram amongst the, amongst the devotees and that backstabbing and all that personality stuff. Mm. Uh, and that really lit the whole thing up. I thought, oh, my God, of course. And then that put me on mm. the path of two years of core energetics, uh, which was body-orientated psychotherapy. Uh, and that's led me on to Reggie Ray, which I suggest the listeners also Google Reggie Ray, a most remarkable American uh, scholar who's trained with um, Trogian Trumper Rinpoche, who his, his thing is somatic meditation. So 
I'm really wanting, he's inspired me enormously more recently. So I'm wanting to bring back somatic um, training more and more into what I do. Because I think, you know, it's, uh, that's really my, my passion now is to combine my early spirituality. I mean, I've been in a very unique situation. When I, when I look, when I've been listening to some podcasts by Reggie, his claim to fame, and I don't say that in any belittling Pollyanna way, is like, you know, I was with uh, Chogyan and Trumper when he came out in 1970. So, um, and yeah. guess what? I was, mm. I was in that same era. So I've yeah. had the unique uh, privilege of being around gurus in India around the 70s, which was a unique time on the planet. It really was. Um, and so I need to bring, I'm getting a calling to bring that back in to uh, the polarity, which is all around polarity therapy, which is all around, you know, the whole body orientated psychotherapy, uh, chakra uh, integration and combined with rigid somatic meditation. That's really would give me meaning because at the moment, um, just getting people out of physical pain is, uh, is really not my true calling. Mm. Wow. Beautiful. So I guess from that, what are your strengths? What would you say are your main key strengths, though? So uh, I, I think, you know, there are many levels of looking at strengths. Um, but on a superficial one, I would say my strength is uh, connectivity, connecting. So what I, I've never been a great one for initiating and running roaring practices and having a, rave, you know, a group of raving fans. I mean, your Facebook group, I'm in awe of. It jumps every time I look at it, Mal, it's like it's, it's exponentially jumped, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I come from a, um, so that, you know, my, my weaknesses and strengths, you can't delineate either, you know, strengths only are in relation to weaknesses. And really, I come from a very, um, you know, yang masculated because my feminine was literally ripped out, you know, um, mm. I didn't have any nurturing role modeling. So I'm a very solo masculated guy. Um, and so it comes across in my, I'm very clinical, I'm very direct. I've done a lot of Earhart seminar trainings back in the 80s. I've done a lot of personal development. So I, I ruthlessly stand for personal transformation. And also, I've got, been to the States three times in 12 months back in 79, hanging out with these amazing Americans, um, not all Americans, but in that healing community that really knew, well, I, I'm, I'm at A, I want to go to B, they just go, they don't have any procrastination super clear what they're on about and are remarkably direct and open. And that just doesn't happen in our culture. So I have this directness, which I picked up when I was 23 and it made a massive life impact on my, you know, character structure. Um, okay. So my strengths are connecting um, and interconnecting. And that's what I want to be running, you know, um, global programs and connecting with co collaborating people and connecting people um, I'm a brilliant networker. I'm a Gemini. I'm an air sign. So air, air is all about connecting. Gemini is ruled by yeah. Mercury. So it's all about communication. So I'm a very good communicator. Um, but my weakness is not people skills. So really, you know, if I was to really uh, run a program, I would have to, by necessity, team up with someone like, like Mel. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, 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 um, I have, you know, enormous... Um, certain skills, but, but that lovely flowing people skill, I would have to have someone up front. Um, then I would be behind in the engine room. 
um, yeah. to, for, well, for, you've got such, yeah, such wealth of knowledge. It's just like, I feel like it's sort of mining for opals and, and, and pulling the gems out of you and yeah. pulling all the, you know, well, but, you know part, part of that, you know, not to be egotistical, but part of that is, um, you know, this path started at 13 um, mm. and in earnest when I was 19, went to India and then professionally 79, 41 years ago, that's been my path. You know, I taught mm. uh, massage and polarity energy balancing all around Australia in the early 80s. And I started wow. my osteo Cairo um, in 84 and graduated in 88, you know, 32 years ago. So it's been a lifelong journey, but not just, you know, that, uh, not just the musculoskeletal side, it's been doing personal development vigorously and um, fire walks and psychotherapy mm. and David Dieter's work. It's, and I'm still doing it. Still, yeah. still book into this day, still love jumping in the fire. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and, 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 or if you get, Close to people on fire, you get burnt. Well, I love being burnt. I really do. <laughs> and so that's going to be um, a trait that's just, just, that's just me. I can relate. Yeah. Can so relate. in terms of pulling gems out, it's, I guess it's talking to someone who's been on that consistent journey for that mm. amount of time. Um, yeah. Then there's been, you know, uh, and, you know, and also quite frankly, being personal, uh, not being married or having kids. So uh, which you'd appreciate. Mm. <laughs> the amount of time and energy that takes. Well, I haven't had that. Yeah. So I've been able to literally do anything, go anywhere, and I and I've used that time frame to travel the world yeah. and extensively go to you know ashrams all around India and uh, in the states and Findhorn four times. You know, a credible community yeah. in Scotland. So I've done a lot of stuff um, which I could never have done if I had young kids. It just wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you used your time well. It still am. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So what, out of everything, all the ashram, where you've learned all the stuff, all the chakra work, tantra, chiropractic, meditating, all the stuff that you've done, what would you say are your favourite practices that enhance your life? Well, you know, I've pretty much alluded to it, you know, after literally decades of upper chakra, Omnama Shivaya, and, uh, you know, following it with no disrespect at all, the Hindu path, which I found is very futuristic, mm. oh, um, yeah. disembodied. Um, it's now being very influenced by Reggie Ray, um, which is around the, which ties into everything I've been doing. I mean, it's just a complete interconnection of, um, the favourite practice now I've got is every morning I live on the Budgiewoy Lake and I literally have been influenced by, you know, many, many, you know, Edward Bark, Bark Flower Remedies, walking on the, 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 the dew and even Randolph Stone, he talked about the importance of connecting with the dew and the moisture. So I have barefoot every morning and walk on grass, mm -hmm. have the lake, you know, that's why I put that little Facebook Live on your group. That's not me doing a one-off, that's every morning. So it's tying in with the rituals that I learned um, when I was 20 in India, you know, on those marble floors in Muktananda's ashram and tying in with Reggie's somatic meditation and also tying it in with uh, Eckhart Tolle, which um, his whole thing, well, certainly my take away from him, because everyone's going to take their own takeaway, my takeaway is the inner energy body, how to be in the now is to be hanging out with nature. 
Mm. Nature is in the now. So if I can go walking with the greenery um, and walking with that somatic heel to toe and the breathing, breath work, um, and connecting with nature, that's it. Yeah, ultimate. It is, because some of my greatest openings, and it's been a while, um, you know, I'm very transparent. I wish it would happen every time I went to nature, but I've had some remarkable intuitive openings. And I say that with the utter honour and respect that when things, when it moves through me, I know it's like something's moving through me. This is not me. And it's, it's happened like, um, in, I lived on the Gold Coast for five years and I used to go down to Byron Bay. And so there was some power, I had three power spots where I had these incredible openings. And one was the full moon, uh, the Byron Bay um, lighthouse. I'd be up there on my own on a full moon and watching the, so just on a full cloudless night, like just psychic openings. Um, there's another one up at the Bellbird Lookout at Binnaburra. Um, that's just the back of the hinterland of the Gold Coast. Um, and then there was also another one which had some remarkable, there was like a private property the, uh, up the Tullabudra Valley, had the good fortune of knowing Thomas who makes these uh, the moon astrology charts, which have been, he's doing them for like 30 years. And his property is, is totally private, but runs up in this incredible like atrium of sanctity of green little rivers. And it's just the earth davers are like jumping at you. Hello, Mel. Hello, I am a nature diva. Um, nice to meet you. So it's, it's that strong there. And so I've had a, uh, a couple of, um, one instance in particular, which would have been about 20 years ago, which was just frightening. Um, because, you know, I've been around some remarkable teachers, like, you know, whatever, you know, we can talk about that some other time, but true saints with millions of followers in India, hanging out with them for four months, on the Ganges, that's Ananda Moimar. People want to know who mm. she is. You can go into autobiography of a yogi, look at the chapter mm. on the bliss permeated mother. That was 1936 when Yogananda went back to India, called by his guru, if you want to see me, come back now. So he was in America for about 20 years at that stage, went back. Um, and so this old chapter on the mother, well, I had four months with her in Haridwar, mm. seeing her daily. Um, so I've really been around some amazing people. So what happened on this day in this atrium, uh, and the only reason why I'm saying this is that this is what nature does to me, is I had this um, insight um, of like relating these teachings to nature. And I was listening to this coming out, and I was listening to it like from detachment and thinking, this is as good as I've heard from anyone. This is like pure essence coming from me. Wow. Wow. So, <laughs> it, and it was so by, by being in these still points, which is what Eckhart's talking about, by getting into nature, it automatically brings mm -hmm. us to that still point. And, and referring back yeah. to Randolph Stone, um, he talks about the three gunas, Raja, Tamas, and Safa. And the uh, Hindus would say Tatwa, they don't say the Tatwa. So the, the, the Satwa is the, is the middle. So when you get the Raja Tamas, the yin and the yang balanced in the central Shashunda channel, that's the sattva, that's the soul. The soul wants to just emerge. And it can't if you're zipping from one Raja Tamas negative 
positive, you, you can't do it. So uh, in that deep peace that I have that enormous connection with nature, then this, uh, I would say, Amritsa, uh, Ambrosia, nectar started just emerging. And I knew from my practices, this is like pure. Like I, I was listening to it thinking, wow, thank you. Yeah. This is amazing teaching. And where was it coming up from? None other than myself. So I think we all have this inside of ourselves. It's just a matter of reaching the still point. And one of the easiest ways for me in the practice I'll be doing is showing people how to connect into their bodies. Um, it's the greatest gift we've got, I think, to actually yeah. to be embodied in our body. Completely. Yeah, completely. So what's your number one tip? So for people out there, they want to create a life that they love, what would be your number one tip to them? Oh, I've just said it. I think to, to, number one, well, it combines. They're all the same. The daily practice, um, and this is something completely alien to our modern culture because it's all about fast and easy. We're all ADD. We've all got social media, which is all unfortunately left brain, splitting us off from our bodies, getting into our heads. So uh, the concept of regularity is very Eastern. Um, you know, the idea of practicing, of being with a teacher for 40 years, it's completely alien. It's all just, you know, black belt in 12 months. So, you know, yeah. getting blasted yeah. on Facebook. So it's a matter of the regularity, lifelong. Mm. Uh, I keep telling all my patients, these are going to be wonderful exercises, but guess what? Do them lifelong. Um, no one does it lifelong, I can tell you professionally. Everyone gets shown exercise. They do it when they're in pain, stop when they're out of pain. And when they're in pain again, they get started. So the regularity and the regularity of, of being into their bodies um, and that we could do another whole, um, you know, Zoom or a practice or a combined, you know, uh, where it's all self-isolation, but I'd love to do some embodiment practice of just being in mm -hmm. our bodies. And that's yeah. critical because I, I know yeah. this stuff's from my journey. This isn't reading yeah. Reggie respectfully and loving him and saying, get into your body. This was like uh, from 20 to 40, about 25 years I saw David when I was 45 and I went to Muktananda and wrote, that's a long time. That's 25 years I was in uh, disembodied Hindu practice and it wasn't working for me. And only till I got um, Robert Kirby, Core Energetics and David Dieter and Reggie Ray to get back into my body and get uh, acknowledge my shadow, um, mm. did things, did I get the aha moment? Ah, now I know why my life isn't working. Mm. Of course. It's all up a chakra. How can they possibly yeah. work? Can't. It's only half the, half the picture. Yeah. Beautiful. I, I can relate to that because many years, I mean, I haven't had the 40 years experience that you have, but I know since I've been on this journey, I, I used to discount my body and it wasn't until I fully realised, and I guess my body spoke to me, it started creating all this pain for me and it started to, you know, some of that that I've shared with you before as well in past sessions and talk, like teachings. And it wasn't until I started to learn to be in my body and to be aware of my body that, you know, it makes significant changes in your life. Yeah. When you start to listen, to, listen you know, to, to honour and respect yeah, but, you know, part of my journey has been a fascination one too because it's just been so long. You know, I got into yoga in the 60s in Melbourne. I mean, that's 50, over 50 years ago. That was early days in Australia. Yeah. I'm telling you, there were about two yoga studios, Margaret Sedgman 
in Melbourne. My mother took me in as like an eight or nine year old. So I, I really know the way, you know, yoga. Uh, and the problem with, you can still, I can still do practice, gym, yoga, and still be disembodied. There's, there's a certain intention um, of being in, in my body. And Reggie has some wonderful, I should put this in as a resource, some free yeah. podcasts on, on um, 10 point meditation. So he, get, he gets you meditating into your feet, your big toe, mm-hmm. your toe. So you're bringing your awareness. That's why I'm into that heel to toe, being aware yeah. of body, foot, contact, sensation of the dew. And Robert Kirby, this wonderful core energetics practitioner, I'd go through this incredible beating pillows and um, wooden swords and just like crazy stuff. Um, just to, you know, suck a thera- therapeutic process. And he'd say, okay, now think of your mother. Oh, yeah, I've, 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 I've all, you know, I love my mother, yeah. So now, now say feet, boom, the muscle test would blow out. Well, no, he'd say legs, actually. He'd say, I remember that, he'd say yeah. 20 years ago. He'd say legs, boom, it blew out. So it's a matter of bringing your intention, your awareness and your consciousness into your feet. And I remember at the Polarity Institute, um, we'd have the bipolar role. I mean, you, you guys, you really want to go and Google Randolph Stone and all his books. I had to get them imported from America. Now they're all online. They'll cost a fortune from America. Now they're all online. And he had this bipolar current from head to toe. So the feet are the negative pole to the brain. And there's so much anxiety and like so much of our problems now is overstimulated positive pole of brain this, this social media is just firing it yeah um and so we used to stand on this rod we'd stand up on this box and this rod and a, a third per, second person would crank this thing it was like a tire lever and it would roll into your feet like this hard steel roller would roll into your feet holy crap <laughs> <laughs> Bang, your head would explode. The energy would run down to your feet. And I still to this day love walking on pebbles and stones. And uh, I still get a rush to this day when I walk on, you know, in bare feet and I hit hit some little pine cones or something. Rather than saying, oh, I'm saying, oh, wonderful. Brings me out of my head head, uh, into my feet. That's the practice. Wow. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. Because, you know, social media, Mel, you know, all this Facebook garbage, it's all left brain. Mm. And it's further disconnecting us from our bodies and further disconnecting us from our hearts. Um, And, Mm. you know, all this type of stuff from the chiropractic point of view, you're all head is at a 45 degree angle. So the whole, it's just you know impregnating the chi, the prana into your head, and cutting us off from our heart, connecting with people. It's it's actually there's a lot of negative with this whole oh, um, yeah. IT social media. A lot of negative from a, from an old guy like me that you know lived my whole life without it. Yeah, well, what my yoga teacher says that the number one she believes the number one di- uh, disease in the world is disconnection. Oh, and that yeah, causes, and that, yeah causes so many different other problems. Disconnection from yourself, disconnection from others. So that, that's that's my passion. Is um, is and one of my my passion is mm. connection, connecting yeah. people. Yeah, 
Yeah. Connecting with self, connecting I, with others. Because we've, we've just been completely fragmented, you know, in a capitalist system that is very, very systematically um, isolated people and got people competing and you buy your mm. own lawnmower, you don't share. It's just like it's, it's really insidious process. Mm. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so thank you for everything that you've covered today. I know that I'm pretty sure that we're going to have many more conversations and there's so many other topics that we could get right into. But I think that that was such a beautiful way to for people to know who you are and what you're about and the wealth of knowledge that you can bring to somebody to help enhance their life. I know that you've enhanced mine. I love the chats that we have. Um, how, how can people, how can we get in contact with you? Well, it's very easy. My, um, my new uh, website is moving for longevity. So M O V I N G F O R L O N G E V I T Y. Um, and that's my little logo. Moving Beautiful. for longevity.com. Um, and so, um, my best way is just, uh, email my surname. So this, my name's going to be up on this recording. So it's just rosanovi at gmail.com. So my surname at gmail.com. Uh, always ha happy for a phone call. So it's 0416-202-802. That's 0416-202-802. But that'll be on my movingforlongevity.com face, um, website. And I've also got a Moving for Longevity uh, Facebook group page. Okay. Would, do you want to share a link in the group, in the healing community group, and um, that way if people, when people are yeah. interested, they can just, yeah, join? Yeah, so I've been dropping a few f Facebook lives into the group, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> so if people are interested, I'll still keep dropping a few more things in. Oh, awesome. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, thank you so much. Namaste, it's, sister. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's been awesome, and uh, yeah, I, I look forward to the many more chats that um, I can feel are, are going to. Come. Oh, look, you know, um, just before we go, you know, we had a little rave. Uh, you know, I'm a Gemini, so I can't help communicating and chatting. But you know, tantra and male-female dynamics, relationships—that's yeah. because I've just shared my background. Um, that's a, that's a, uh, a really dear to my heart area. So, you know, current toxic relationships between men and women and me being a middle-aged man towards women. And there's a whole plethora of mm. conversation around that, a really encouraged discussions. And that, that could be a really very yeah. interesting, uh, discussion forum in, in your group. Yeah. I would love to dive into that with you, the masculine and the feminine. I'd love to see your perspectives, what you've seen throughout your life. And I guess how you've worked on different things, different highlights, different, yeah, situations, perspectives. Yeah, it's sh it shifted very recently. Um, you know, I've done dancing for years and uh, the same form of five rhythms dance. And it's just the last few years, there's mm -hmm. been this hypervigilance towards middle-aged men that never existed. I did five, six years of dancing and didn't exist. It's only just come up recently. So there's a whole, there's been a whole shift in this whole, self-isolation with the coronavirus you know there's a whole there's really some powerful forces which i don't know where they're coming from i'm not a you know a massive um um left brain not not left brain left field conspiracy conspiracy theorist but there's certainly we're being worked um yeah 
as, as a human population. And there's some insidious forces um, because it's not natural to be in isolation. When you look at the millennia of tribes and indigenous cultures, mm -hmm. they're all critically connected with um, the earth. Um, and all this separation is very recent, incredibly recent. So there's something going yeah. on that, you know, ideally we need to have a conversation about um, as, as a group, as a culture and saying, look, is this a path that we want to be led down? Because mm. this is alien to our whole DNA. This is not, we're, yeah. we're social beings. Um, we're herd mammal. We're, we're designed to be together. There's a fragmentation that's really playing against our whole hunter-gatherer mm. millennium of uh, DNA here that's not, not healthy. No question. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Great conversation. Agreed. Thank you. So thanks again. <laughs> All right. Right. We'll so there, there'll be a recording on this on your um, group for this. So anyone that wants to uh, get that, there'll be a link. I'll put. I'll place that on. Awesome. Beautiful. Okay. Thanks again. Thank Mel. you very much. All right. All right. Cheers. All thanks, right. Jerry. Bye.